Amen. Amen. I'm going to talk about some inner healing again today. You get healed on the inside, and it's amazing how many things get healed on the outside, you know? So you get in there and get a hold of some of that tonight. Pastor Ken, you got your mic ready to help me read? It helps us go a little bit quicker to do so. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sister Judy Rockwell, her maiden name was Richardson, passed away last night at 1015 and went to be with Jesus. And uh, she w had made this her church home as of Memorial Day weekend. They came to our dinner and they came on Wednesday some and she was looking forward to this being her church home. And, you know, she was a singer, traveled all over the world and sang. She was a fabulous singer. And uh, I don't know if she sang opera too, but she sang a lot of places. But uh, they called me and asked me, can they do the funeral here? So on Saturday, the visitation is at noon, and then the funeral's at 2. And I don't know if some of the ladies can be available. I've talked to Sister Virginia already about uh, coming and helping serve. I got to find out more about the food and all that, but anyway, uh, we want them to receive from the grace of God on Saturday, and uh, they've asked Zach and I to join with a couple of the pastors from First Baptist and giving, you know, the the funeral uh, remarks. Actually, I'd rather call it a home going or celebration of life because that's really what it's all about. She just really loves Zach's singing and worship leading. And then she got to know me again a little bit. And uh, I saw her brother David in the hospital. He and I used to play basketball together in Bacon Park when we were in junior high school and high school. We would get together over there uh, and play. And then we graduated high school together. So, you know, it was a little reunion of sorts. Anyway, we know she's with the Lord, and it's we who are on earth that miss our loved ones. Because when you're with Jesus, you don't miss anything. You know, you are just so full of life and glory. You know, you never want to come back. And so we have lots of loved ones up there. We're looking forward to one day going to see. Amen? And uh, we will one day, sooner than you think. Jesus could come back tomorrow. I mean, he could split the eastern sky and it'd be so fast you'd leave your boots and your shoes on the ground when you take off. But uh, it's a glorious thing that we're looking forward to. It's wonderful. But anyway, we're talking about healing the broken hearts. And I know that you can receive uh, from this teaching as God wants to bring healing to you and help you to grow and be all that he has ordained you to be. Amen? Yes. Anyway, Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. I think I put 19 to 19 there accidentally. You got it. You got it? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. You know, I've seen over 25 blind people healed in the last 20 years. God has really graced me and allowed me to be a part of several miracles. And in this passage, I don't think it's just talking about recovering of sight because of the rendering of the Greek words, it's really implying that it's a recovering of spiritual sight, spiritual understanding, spiritual insight, if I can use that word. And, of course, healing the brokenhearted, and as I shared last week, the brokenhearted, that was a word that meant being broken in pieces and that it gets under the surface so that you can be healed. You know only God can put pieces back together again. 
It's kind of like the old nursery rhyme I think I shared last week. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. But all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again because only God can do that. You can have all the power on earth in the flesh, but you cannot put people back together. I'm going to get into some interesting stuff with you tonight, but Pastor Ken, if you would read John 14, 26 first. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Amen. Well, the Holy Spirit, he is your helper, your teacher, your guide, your comforter. He is the one who does the work that you need on the inside. Now, when he talks about bringing back to your remembrance, he's talking about what he said, the scriptures and the word of God, but also he can bring back to your memory things that have occurred in your life even when you were so small. Amen. I remember when I was basically four years old and I had a dream about the older lady next door, Mrs. Howard was her name, uh, being wheeled out of the house next door on a stretcher, being put in an ambulance because she had died. She was up in years. She was probably 90 years old or older. And, and so I told my mom my dream, and she didn't know what to think about that or what to say. Two days later, there was an ambulance in front of the house that morning, and they wheeled her out on a stretcher and put her on the ambulance because she had died. That was my first recollection of a prophetic word or vision, dream, insight, and it happened. I've had many things come to me over the years. I, I tell you, and I'm not bragging about me, the Holy Spirit, He's very creative in you. I remember we were looking for a place to put our church, move out of Ditch Road, and down by the Coliseum, if you're looking at the Coliseum, that street right up next to it, I forget the name of that street, but there is some kind of disability center there, and it has railings and all. Well, I went and looked at that, I think with you and Reggie Darnell, and we looked at that building, and I told them, this is what I see, and I saw the parking lot, and wrapped around behind it, and I saw the railings. I said, this is what we would do if we bought this building. And then we decided not to buy that building, and lo and behold, that, those, that company or whatever bought that building, did exactly what I saw. Then we rode down the highway, and I looked, and I told my wife, I said, that would be a great place to put a Popeye's restaurant. I said that probably five or six years before Popeye's ever rolled into town and built on that very place piece of land. I'm just giving you a little insight. God is always showing you things. He's always speaking. He'll even tell you, hey, there's a Popeye's could be there, and it is. I looked at that Scooters 2. We'd drive by it every day going home. It was a bar room, nightclub. A lot of people get drunk, and uh, one of them ran into a tree in my backyard one time. He got lost. He was so drunk. But I would go by there, and I'd say, you will be a flea market. You will not be a nightclub and bar room. And so that thing closed down, then it burnt, and then they remodeled it, and then the next thing you know, it's a flea market. I mean, when you speak what God is showing you an image of, there's great power in it. And God wants you to be able to operate on that level in the carnal, in the flesh, driven by the Holy Spirit inside of your spirit, man. Amen? Anyway, remembrance is a Greek word that is huponesis. Huponesis. Don't forget that. It's the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's an active verb. So that means when in remembrance, it's moving, it's active. Much like, uh, I'll get to it eventually, but anyway. It's an active verb, meaning that he moves within us under the surface. 
You see, Tracy, when God is moving in us, there are things underneath the surface of what we know, think, see that is happening, and God is moving. He doesn't want you to be stagnant like a cesspool of water that has muckety-muck on top of it. He wants you to be in the living water where there's a flow and there is, you know, a cleansing out and a purifying of the Word of God. You know, it says that the, you have living water inside of you that wants to come out. Amen? We believe that that's the Holy Spirit moving in you, through you, and out of you. But Romans 8, 26 through 28, we won't read that again. We read it last week or the week before. Go ahead, Pastor. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. You know, when I slept in the side door of Oakdale Nursing Home, they let me and my sister slip in. That was when all this COVID stuff was going on. My mom had already had COVID, and she didn't have it this time, but she was starting to ebb away. She had turned 90, and we went in there, and we told her, we're here. I even got my brother on FaceTime, and he talked to her. I talked to her, and when I would talk to her and start praying, she would begin to moan and groan, Sheila. She would, oh, like that. And, you know, it, you just hated it. It sounded like she was in such pain. But when you read this scripture, it tells you that the moaning and groaning without words is talking about what God is trying to work. It, it doesn't even have words to it. It's so deep down inside. And when I told her this is Kevin and Carol and we're here and Jerry's here over the telephone and we want to pray for you and we want to see you be able to go to heaven at the right time, you know, and she just began to moan and groan. And you know what? I think she was, the Holy Ghost was praying through her. She couldn't form the words on her lips, but she was praying out of the well deep down in her spirit. You see... There are things down inside that can't even be spoken because they're so close to the heart of God. But this revelation comes, the Holy Spirit reveals His, His will for your life. And you can see because He loves you so much that He causes everything. Let's say everything. Everything works together for good when you love God. How many of you love God? Say amen. amen. Alright. Do you know how to love God? I mean God. He doesn't need anything. He's God. He owns the whole universe. And all those that we don't even know about. He has everything. The earth is his footstool. But if we really love God. The only way we can love him. The Bible says is to obey his commandments. So when you obey him. When you obey the word of the Lord to you, then that's showing you love God. So that's an amazing thing, an opportunity for us when we obey him. Genesis 1, 2, it talks about the Holy Spirit. What does it say, Pastor? The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Wow. One version said he was moving over the waters. Hovering, moving, you know, germinating this thing to where eventually the word of God was spoken and the world came into order. I mean, the waters were separated. The, the earth that was without form and void, it became ground and earth and so on. And then he created Adam and Eve. And he said he made them in his image. It's an awesome thing. The Holy Spirit was active all along. Jesus, the word, has spoken. The Father has all power, the kingdom. 
the power and the glory forever and ever, like Randy sang tonight. That was great, Randy, by the way. We appreciate it. But the Spirit of God is what moves on everything. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit is what causes things to change. So anyway, let's look at Judges 13, 24, and 25. So the woman bore a son and called his name Samson. And the child grew, and the Lord blessed him. And the Spirit of the Lord began to move upon him at Mahanan, Dan, between Zorah and Eshtael. Wow. You remember the story of Samson? God told him, don't cut your hair. That's why I didn't cut my hair for a long time. I had it down to my shoulders when I first got here. I was trying to be strong. <laughs> Actually, I was hanging on as my midlife, so I might have been in a crisis at the moment. I was still riding motorcycles, had long hair. I thought I was a wild prophet, Sister Virginia. Yeah. Guess what? I still prophesy, and I don't even have any hair anymore. You know. So, but the Holy Ghost moves, and when he ordains and anoints something, then he moved on Samson. And from that point forward, I mean, he was a terror to the Philistines. He took the jawbone of, well, one version says ass, another one says donkey. You know, they're the same thing. But he took that jawbone and slayed thousands. Man, that's pretty brutal death, isn't it, Brother Sherman? Somebody takes a big old jawbone of an animal and starts, you know, cutting down all these guys, down to bringing them down to earth, you know, killing them. But he did some great feats because the Spirit of the Lord moved upon him. Amen? So I have a question for you tonight. Are you really willing to let the Holy Spirit move in you? Are you afraid of that? Some people are fearful. I mean, some people wouldn't come to the altar sometimes when, you know, I come to their town or their church and they come up and they, their eyes get like this and they start kind of shaking. I said, what's wrong? Well, I'm scared. I said, do I scare you? I said, I'm just a person. Now the Holy Spirit, because they had seen the Holy Spirit power touch people in a great way. You know, I was praying, I don't know, Di's back there on the camera. I was praying for Dennis. Dennis probably watching. I know he is because I saw it on my phone. But I was praying for him last night, and the more Zach and I prayed, the stronger he felt it, and he began to speak in other tongues. He began to praise the Lord. And you know what? He got a better report, didn't he, Di? I mean, he, he said he's only going to have to have one toe taken off. Before, they said maybe two or three toes, maybe even the foot. But now they're saying, well, we think only one toe will have to go. Well, you know what? The longer they wait and the more we pray, maybe they'll say, no, I don't think you've got to have your toe taken off. And then if they wait a little longer, maybe two toes will grow. I mean, anything is possible with God. You know, I've seen some amazing things, especially on the mission field. What does 2 Peter 1.21 say, Pastor Ken? For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Don't you like it when that happens? You see, those who prophesy the word of the Lord, we don't make that stuff up. You know, the Lord brings it, we say it. I don't ever chew on it and try to figure it out and then say it. You know, sometimes I get a word as I'm standing here and the worship's going on, and, and so I kind of got the beginning. I just kind of just keep praising the Lord, and then the rest of it comes when I open my mouth to speak. But when I'm praying over people, I'm sure Sister Virginia feels the same way. When we pray in the Spirit and we're praying over people, the word of the Lord comes. I'm a seer. I see and I speak the word. So when I see something, I'll say, this is what I see. And people, a lot of times, they'll just start crying because how did you know that? How did you see that? There was a lady in Homestead that she felt called to the mission field, but she had terrible circumstances. She was a twin, and her twin, from what we found out a few years after that, had probably been sacrificed in a satanic ritual. 
and then they chose her to become the head of that satanic coven or whatever of witches. They wanted her to be the high priestess of that group. Can I tell you something? Satanism is real, and witchcraft is real. Uh, John, who goes with Chelsea, he told me about a neighborhood when he was growing up as a young kid, and there was a woman in the neighborhood, all the kids would go over there, and she would try to give them readings, psychic readings. And all these kids were drawn, what was she going to tell you? Well, you know what, that's witchcraft. And those doors have to be shut, you know, or else the devil will work his way in. I mean, I've prayed over people as bound by satanic uh, curses and seen many deliverances over the years. I've prayed for witches. One lady, there were seven witches in one of my services in Aguas Calientes one time. That was before Tino ever got to building the building that they're in now. And we were just there. And one of these, five of them left immediately. As soon as I got up and started preaching, they got up and ran. They were fearful of the Holy Ghost. But two of them stayed. One of them came to the altar, and she was slain in the spirit. And laying down there, you could see Steve Coon started to try to pray for her, and you could see her stomach. It looked like this big snake moving around like that in her stomach, just around. I said, well, you can't stay there. You're going to have to come out. And I said, hold her down. And I put my hand on her, and I commanded that thing to leave her. And that snake just dissolved and disappeared, and she got some stuff out I'll put it that way I won't be too descriptive but she was set free that night you know supernaturally things go on in me it's different if I go through a neighborhood where there's witches my hands begin to swell I can't even take my ring off like that I was in Cairo Egypt I went in and saw King Tut's treasures went in the mummy room Dr. Martinez Chris's daddy wanted me to go see the mummy we went in there they had these glass cases, and they had the mummies all wrapped up in there. And I tell you what, the oppression just like was trying to squeeze me like a vice. And my hands began to swell. I could not get my ring off my finger. I said, I've, I've got to get out of here. There are so many forces of evil in this room, I can't stay. And I exited. I went outside. As soon as I got out front, my ring came off my finger like that. We went to eat at a restaurant. They said, what's going on? I said, certain things with me by the spirit that moves within me allows me to know things even in the flesh. And when there's witchcraft and witches, they can't stay around me, you know, most of the time. But that was, that was talking about demonic forces of the ages. I'm talking from the Pharaoh's ages. I went down that great pyramid, and that place was so oppressive, I had to get out of there. When I come out, I was sweating beans. When I came out, 20 people got out of line. <laughs> they didn't stay. They didn't want to go down there. But my cousin, Rhonda and Ruth, they saw it. And I, I said, man, there's too many demons in there. I wasn't sent there to deliver the pyramid. I wasn't sent there to deliver the mummies. They've been dead for centuries like a thousand, two thousand years, you know, or more. And so, you know, I had to get out of there. But the demonic realm is so real, and it's, what does the devil come to do? What does it say in Scripture? Well, you all know the word, don't you? It's not enough to steal from you. He might try to steal your health a little bit. He's trying to steal Dennis's toe. But if he can kill you, he'll kill you. But before he kills you, Sheila, he would like to wipe out your reputation and cause your family to get on drugs and commit suicide and lose your business and all kinds of garbage like that. Then he destroyed you, not just killed you. It's not enough. He's never satisfied. You cannot ever satisfy the devil. The devil's real. But you know what? God is always greater. And I tell Brother Tino, he's amazed because I'd cast out demons in Mexico and English. He'd say, you need me to translate? I said, Tino, 
Demons understand English as much as they understand Spanish. Don't worry about it. Just let me cast these demons out, and then you can lead them to the Lord in Spanish. And that's what we would do. I'd cast the demons out, then he'd lead them to the Lord in Spanish. They'd say, what happened? And we'd have to tell them. Well, he cast out about ten demons out of you. You know, some of them strongholds. But I'm so happy when that happens. I don't go looking for demons. Because I tell you what, you know, when you minister and preach and pray for people and you end up laying hands on people and they get healed, I go home or after church, I'm so empty. Guess what I want to do? I want to eat. Because I'm so empty, I feel like I need to eat because I feel empty. But I emptied out spiritually, so it affected me in the natural. Well, you know, you got to fill back up. You really got to fill up with the power of God. That's why sometimes I just go over after ministering like that and sit on the front row and just pray in the Holy Spirit and try to build myself back up so that I can even have the strength to go out and eat. But you can imagine, you know, if you're doing good things, seeing healings, and then you got to go cast demons out. I don't go looking for demons. I'm sorry, I'm not brazen, and I'm not a fool. I'm not a dummy. You don't go out in the world looking for all the demoniacs out here. Guess what? The ones that have it will come to you. You know, I had one guy chase me around the market, and he bowed down and like he was worshiping me. And I didn't realize, I said, Vamos, that means come with me. I thought I was saying, get out of here. Yeah, but he's, Tina was laughing. He said, Pastor, you keep telling him to come with you because I go down the way. He'd run down there, nail down in front of me and worship. I said, get out of here. Vamino Finally, I said, Vamanos, and he got the picture. Don't worship me. He thought I was connected. I had a picture on my shirt. Had Jesus with the crown of thorns. He'd come down, Jesus, Jesus. You know, and he'd raise his hands because they are spooked by pictures down there. You know, so if you got a picture of Jesus, they got to worship it. Well, that's religion. Hey, I just liked it. Said, this blood's for you. Yeah, but the guy chased me. And I finally had to tell him, Vaminos, get out of here. You know, but anyway... We read 1 Peter 1, 21, 2 Peter. Anyway, are you willing to let the Holy Spirit move you? When you are, God does things. How many of you want to minister in power? You want to walk your life in power? You know, if you don't want to do it in God, guess what? The enemy will be right there next time you walk around the corner. And he'll be trying to zap you. He'll try to sucker you into it. He'll try to pull you away and deceive you in some way. That's why, you know, all kinds of stuff happens. You know, it's, The enemy comes all dressed up. Sometimes it looks like a beautiful woman or a handsome man or it looks like a wonderful business deal and it makes it look glittery and makes it look like it's worth a lot of money. You just got to be careful because the devil... He comes as an angel of light. He wants to make it look good. You've got to be careful. i got some, some points for you tonight. Number one, the Holy Spirit can move you forward into your ministries, but He also moves you backwards into your memories to bring healing to your soul. Sometimes people don't think it's God because they're remembering bad stuff that happened in their past. They want to blame it on the devil. So number two gives you a little insight on that. Sis, many times people resist the negative memory and try to rebuke it like it's a demon when it's the Holy Spirit's work to try to bring it out. See, when you get in a class like this and we talk about Holy Ghost revealing something from your past, if you will share it with somebody you trust that has authority in the Holy Spirit to pray over you, then you can get rid of it because it has no power anymore. Now I've had many people confess things to me. You know, and I had a, well, I get chasing rabbits. 
But I've seen people from all walks of life, you know, and circumstances that were terrible that they thought the devil was trying to use it against them, but he was, the Holy Spirit was trying to reveal it, get it out, expose it, not to the world, but to somebody in authority so that they could be free of it. Amen? In a 12-step group, we were sharing one night, and there were different ones that had been sexually abused. And I said, well, you know, I had a situation. I was a paper boy. It went down Maud Street all the way to the highway from Main Street. And I'd get down to the Valley Inn Cafe. They had a little cook, a Greek guy named Louie. And the owner of the restaurant, the Valley Inn Cafe, that's right where the first Midwest Bank is today. He, he'd take me in there and we'd play pinball. Well, this guy, Louie, told him and I and another boy, said, if y'all come up and clean my room, I'll pay you a dollar. Well, we did. And two of us went in there and he asked us to pull our pants down. Well, I wasn't going to do that. I said, I'm out of here. And we run out of that place. And I shared, I said, you know, I was almost abused. And a guy that went to AA is my head usher. He said, Pastor, you were abused. He said, you were abused with fear. And this man trying to expose himself to you made you boys run. See, the devil had a crack in the chink of armor to get, try to get in to bring fear against us. He tries to entice. You see, we're right here at Halloween right now. And there's a guy named Bill Shinoblin that's done a whole series on the occults, on Satanism. He was a Catholic priest. He was all kinds of things. And he was high up in a secret order. And he was into so much stuff. He was a Satanist. He even practiced some vampirism. But he tells, he told some of the stories. He said, when it started was when there was this old house in the kid's neighborhood when he was about 9 or 10 years old, and they all thought it was haunted. And so they went up, and they would knock on the door, and their hearts would be pounding, and then some birds come flying out because it was like abandoned and scared them half to death, and they ran down the stairs and down the street. He said he was so scared. And he said, years later, he realized that was when the devil entered. Because the devil tries to get you scared. Fear is that companion spirit with everything else that comes. See, I was afraid to go into the Valley Inn Cafe after that. I was afraid that man might try to do something. But he told that story. He said, it, it was the fear of that haunted house that caused him to be open. He said, but what it did, it caused this excitement or this adrenaline rush to happen, which made him want to go and find out more. And eventually he went into drinking blood, vampirism, and all this stuff because the devil got in there as a young kid like that. People play at the Ouija board, and that thing moves all over because it's real. The devil uses Ouija boards. And he tries to scare you half to death by what it says and, and by this power that operates a little deal that goes around on the board. On its little, I don't even know what's on the bottom. You don't have to tell me. Then I'd know you've been looking at it. But anyhow, you know, he tries to find a way to just get his little big toe in the doorway. And then the door is not shut. And then he tries to get a foot in there. And then he tries to get his whole leg in. Then he tries to nudge that door open. He comes in and he occupies the foyer of your home, of your being. He gets in there, then he tries to do some other stuff. And then he gets into your living room and your kitchen. And he wants to get into the bedroom of your mind and your soul. And then you get involved in activities that aren't right. And the devil thinks he's got you. That's why the only way you can get it straight is to repent 
that means say I'm sorry and turn away and to go away from it in the name of Jesus. That's the only way you can be free and stay free. So anyway, people try to resist and they try to rebuke something that God's exposing and try to make it a demon. You know, but it's stuff God's showing you so you can confess it, repent of it, and get it out of there once and for all. Then number three, we cannot allow our own thinking to get into the way of His work. Your carnal thinking can get in the way of God's work. That's because you only operate by what you know, what you've heard, and what you've seen. See? Anyway, Proverbs 3 and 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. There you go. See, the eyes like Luke chapter 4, 18, 19 says, your eyes have to be opened or enlightened. They have to be, bring understanding. So you have to see it, Nelson. Not just with your physical eyes. That's a chair, but you have to see in your mind what the Holy Ghost is trying to show you. Maybe it's something from the past that he wants you to get rid of. That's the stronghold that's had his hand upon you and gripping you, see. But our understanding, number four, of a memory may be painful. Some memories are painful. That's why people don't want to remember it. But the Holy Spirit knows what the real truth is. Like when I saw my dad slap my mom that time when I was about four years old, my uncles came over the next day and took him away to Farmington to the mental hospital. And they said he's schizophrenic. They put him on shock treatments and so on. And he hated it. And I don't blame him for hating that. But, see, the enemy got in his mind. I got a lot of stuff I could tell you, but I'm not going to spread it out here on TV. You know. But, see, there's things that occur when you're younger that control your mind when you get older. And if you don't get it out and get delivered of it, you won't be free of it. It's going to sit there and sit there and contaminate and cause you to act a certain way. But number four, our understanding of a memory might be painful, like I said. It can be painful what you remember. And you don't want to remember it. It hurts. You don't want to say it because you talk about it, it, it bothers you, it shames you. That's why we call it the shame corral in the 12-step circles. He tries to make you ashamed of what happened. When it wasn't even your fault, a lot of times. It happened, but it wasn't what God wanted. But God allowed you to live, and He kept you, and He kept you from being wiped out. And He was there in the middle of it all the while, even though it could have been a terrible thing that occurred, see. Proverbs 3, 6 says, In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Yeah, in all your ways, not just the good ways, but the bad ways. Acknowledge Him and what went on, and he'll direct your steps, how to come out of it. And John 16, 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Now he will tell you things to come. Now, there are some good therapists out there that it's not a Christian thing, but I'm going to talk about one thing here, because I've known people that went under hypnosis. You see, remembering, the remembrance word, it means it's hyponesis. It's not hypnosis. You see, the world, and I'm going to tell you where it comes from, it's not hypnosis, but it is hip, hyponesis is getting under the surface by the Holy Spirit to help you become free. But hypnosis, hypnotism, is spiritual. It's not just mental. It's not just psychological. Okay, it's a spiritual thing. And how do I know that? Well, uh, because it's a manipulation of the mind. It's like casting a spell in witchcraft. And it was created by a man named Frederick Mesmer. Have you ever heard the term mesmerism? It's in the dictionary. It was founded on Frederick Mesmer. 
A lot of things are named after somebody, but mesmerism and that hypnosis, he, he's the one that created hypnotism. And see, so uh, now he was a student. I don't know if you've ever heard of this man. He was a student of Aleister Crowley. He was the philosopher who helped found the satanic church in the modern, you know, centuries. Aleister Crowley. Now we know that the head of the satanic church out of California, that was, uh, what was that guy's name? Yeah, I'm drawing a blank. But anyway, he's on the back of the album cover, uh, the, the song about Hotel California. And that satanic leader, the head of the satanic church at the time, he is on that in a window on the back of that album cover, The Eagles. Now, I, I'm not going to say I personally know they were devil worshipers, but you can just deduct what you want to from it. But that song, Hotel California, you can check in, but you can never check out. What do you think it's saying? Now, it's talking about Satanism. You can get in, but they're lying to you. You can't get out of it. Hotel California. Anton LaVey, that was his name. He was the head of the Satanic Church for decades. And, uh, but Aleister Crowley was the forerunner before Anton LaVey came along. Aleister Crowley, uh, he helped, I think, author, and I think Anton LaVey produced or published it, the Satanic Bible, which I know a pastor that had a copy. He got in, he was a real teacher, so he got into reading different things. And he pulled out that Satanic Bible and made me want to leave his office. But he showed it to me. And in the beginning, it was talking about how the devil, his nickname was The Presence. What do we always say? Oh, I love the presence of God. The devil's always counterfeiting everything. So he called himself The Presence. Oh, I love the presence of God. But it's not the devil, see. But the devil's always counterfeiting. And so they wrote that in the Satanic Bible right at the beginning. <laughs> you got to cover yourself with prayer. These ladies that pray on Fridays, we need to cover them with prayer. I wasn't able to come last Friday. Tara wanted me to lay hands on you guys and pray over you. I'll be here this week. But, you know, because when you're interceding, that means you're standing in the place of those people that are hurting or lost. And so the devil don't like that one bit. He will come right at you and try his best to stop you or at least slow you down from being doing what he wants. But you see, God wants to get under the surface hyponesis he wants to uncover things that aren't of God so that you can be free of them because when you have a secret what do you do you're, you're keeping it and it's power over you is very strong and so it's important that you go to somebody you trust and you share what it is that has contaminated your past and God's causing you to remember so it can be dealt with. And then it has no power. Like I said, it's not a wound anymore. Once God heals it, it's just a scar. I got a scar right here from where one of Chelsea's dogs, she loves me so much she went like this and her claws were sharp. So I had a, a bloody streak there. Now it's a scar. Number seven, when God gets under the surface, he does so with his mercy, his grace, his truth, and his love, allowing his peace to bring his healing of your minds and your souls. Philippians 
For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Amen. He works in you because he wants you to be healed. He wants his good pleasure to be accomplished. Amen. I'll tell you what. God's got a healing for some people. He really does. I'm going to ask right now if anybody would like me to pray for you tonight. And you don't have to say anything you don't want to say in front of anybody. But if, yeah, ma'am, you want prayer? Can you come up here? Or I notice you limped in with a cane, I think. But I'll let you sit down in the front row here. See if we got any good oil over here. Yeah, there's a little bit in there. All three of y'all want prayer? Oh, it's your mom. Well, hello, mom. How you doing tonight? I'm gonna anoint you with oil. Is that okay? Okay. Well, y'all just stretch your hand. What's your first name? Patricia. Here, Pastor Ken. We pray for Patricia tonight. Lord, whatever it is that's caused her any difficulty in her past and even in her present, we know that you want her to have a future and a hope. So I lay my hand on her tonight knowing that you will be faithful and we command anything that's of the enemy that's trying to bring her down, Lord, body, soul, or spirit, to be cast away. If it's just on the outside trying to hinder you, cause you to be sick in any way, we bind all infirmities and we pray for a loosing of the glory of God inside of you. And Lord, for you to bring to her remembrance anything that she needs to be healed of, and we ask you to do so in such a way that she knows that it's not bad, but it's good because you want it to be dealt with in the name of Jesus. From the top of her head, I pray, to the bottom of her feet. Hallelujah. How do you feel? You feel better? Amen. That's what the anointing does. The Bible says the anointing destroys yokes. That don't mean breaks the yoke. People misquote that scripture all the time. He said the anointing destroys the yoke. That means he breaks it, crushes it to powder so it can't be put back together. He blows it away like it never existed. And I don't know if God brought something up in your memory that was painful. He did. And you don't have to tell me unless you want to. Okay, that's fine. You know, if you want to tell a woman of God that you trust, I don't know if you want to tell Amanda. Sometimes things are very personal. But you know what? She does. Okay? Well, just give me your hand. You put your hand on top of her. Lord, we just agree for complete healing from the thing that Amanda knows that you brought up in Patricia's heart and mind that it will have no hold any longer. It won't be a wound, but God, you will heal it, and all that will be left is a scar. In other words, it'll just be a memory, but it won't have no power over you, and it won't control you, and the devil can't use it to manipulate you or your emotions, or your feelings, or your actions. In the name of Jesus Christ, hallelujah. Just take a deep breath and let it out. Whew. How's it feel now? Better. Well, you know what? It's going to get better. And if, in, if anything else comes up, and you feel you can tell her, you tell her. And y'all do what we just did. You agree right then and there? That is not going to control me. That's not. 
those thoughts or the past things that happened are not going to control my future because God loves me. He loves you. Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? How much God loves us. We don't deserve it. But what a glorious thing it is because He loves us. Amen. She's a good girl. Amen. All right. Give me some more oil here. Yeah. Hallelujah. You know, I had a, vi- a dream of Sister Rocky one night coming into church, limping, going down the center aisle. And I was in the back. I wasn't even the one up front. Some people laid hands on her, and she screamed like she does in worship sometimes. And she just like a banshee Indian. I tell you, she just she's just excited in the Holy Ghost. I love it. It excites my spirit when she does that. But she did that, and she began to kind of jog, and then she ran around the building all the way back to the front again. You know God can heal her legs and heal her back, her hips, whatever it might be, your feet. I tell you what, God, in the name of Jesus, I just ask you, Lord, any root of the enemy would try to get a hold of her and discourage her, any infirmity, we come against it by the power of the name of Jesus Christ. And we thank you for deliverance, O oh God. I thank you because she is a glorious saint in the kingdom of God. And I speak health and wholeness and healing over her. And we pull that root of deception of the enemy out and away from her. And we pray for total healing, body, soul, and spirit. Yes, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Take a deep breath and let it out. That's not magic. It's just helping you relax, you know, to do that. How are you feeling now? Yeah. God can lift a cloud of heaviness or confusion, and you can be a great saint in the kingdom of God, and still the enemy comes. But you know what? He's a liar. And he's a deceiver. And I don't need to listen to it. I just shut up my ears to it. Say, no, devil. You get out of here. You know, Peter even said it. He looked at Peter because the devil was using Peter. Sometimes he uses people close to us. And they'll say, no, you, yeah, they got this negative stuff. And he just looked at Peter and said, get thee behind me, Satan. He didn't mean Peter get behind me. It was the enemy standing behind Peter, whispering in his ear, trying to tell him what to say. And, you know, sometimes our loved ones or friends or whatever will say these things. I'm not listening to it. Sometimes I tell them, I just say, hey, I'm not listening to anything negative. I've had to tell a few people in this church, they come in and start telling me negative stuff, (laughs) you know. And some of y'all have heard it too from people. I said, I don't listen to that. I've said it from the pulpit. If you're going to be negative around me, don't come around me because I'm not going to be a part of that. <laughs> you can come to church, but don't be come talking to me negative. You want healing, you be positive. By his stripes, we are healed. Yeah, I like that. Whose report will we believe? I shall believe the report of the Lord. For I am saved. I am healed i am free glory to god we have the victory philip you want prayer okay okay you might as well sit down over there and join these two this is called the golden roll right here hallelujah yeah you can sit down it's all right i'm not in no hurry i've been sitting all during teaching so i'm i've got energy thank you lord lord whatever it is trying to cause Philip any negativity, trying to cause him to stumble or cause him to have any infirmity. We ask you to rebuke it. Yeah, Michael said he didn't even bring a railing, railing accusation against the devil. He said, the Lord rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. Yeah, so we agree with that. The Lord rebuke you, devil. You have no place to come against Philip. 
in Jesus Christ's name. Hallelujah. Free him, body, soul, and spirit right now from any heaviness. And everybody said, Amen. Okay, take a deep breath, let it out, and relax. Don't you feel better? Hallelujah. Just raise your hands like this. Heaviness, leave his shoulders and his back right now. Infirmity, let go and allow him to be healed by your authority completely. I don't know if you got pain in your shoulder, but in Jesus' name, that's what I thought. I just lay my hands on your shoulders for healing. By his stripes, you are healed. Yeah, hallelujah. Yeah, Randy's going to get on those keyboards. I don't know what might happen after that. I might start prophesying. <laughs> hallelujah. How do you feel now? Yeah, it should. Because my hands are hot. Glory. Nelson, are you leaving? You're just stirring up. You need prayer? Yes. Yeah. Well, come on up here. Sit by Pastor. Well, Philip's going back to the back. Yeah. <coughs> Who needs it? You or the baby? Oh, okay. Well, I still got oil on my hand. Yeah. Well, Lord, you know Stephen. You know how many hairs are on top of his head. And you can bring healing to him, oh God. Body, soul, and spirit. You know any difficulties that he's faced, even back to his youth and his childhood. Hallelujah. Were your parents divorced? No? Did they ever have separation? Okay. How old were you? Kevin, he's got my name. Kevin means kind and handsome. I like that meaning. And your brother, is he a handsome guy? Amen. He's kind, but he's living up to his name now. Lord, we pray for healing in his brother's heart, that he'll be able to go to church with freedom and trust again. And Lord, we pray for Stephen lot of those painful things that occurred when he was just a young man ready to embark on the, the important adult things God the devil tried to discourage him but you got wounded when you were about seven years old not in the flesh but in my words I don't know who it was that spoke to you that way, but I see a man. It could have been even a school principal or something. I don't know who it was. Your dad? Well, anyway, somebody spoke some harsh words to you, and it made you feel shaky. It made you not have the confidence you needed because of what was said. But you know what? That was a lie of the devil. You're a good man. You're a godly man, and you're a good father. And you know what? When we're in the image of God, great things can happen. Great things are going to happen for you. He's going to reverse the curse, and he's speaking good things over you. Jeremiah 29, 11. For the thoughts of God are good, and for your future, and not evil. You have a hope in those words of God. Yeah. See you, it's like a machine that the screws were loose, and I see God tightening all your screws and making you strong and steady. He's just going in there and He's tightening up all the loose ends so that you'll have no lack of confidence. You'll be a confident man of God from this night forward, and He takes away those negative. 
thoughts and negative words that were spoken to you in your youth. And I tell you what, it's just pouring into you right now. I don't know what you feel, but my hand is hotter than a firecracker. And I thank God for it. I thank God for touching you and bringing healing to you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Woo! that have been spoken directly to him and about him. For he is a wonderful man of God. He loves you. He, if he has a struggle, it's more with himself. And I pray that he will get a new confidence that his feet, that he'll realize, are on the rock. And he has a firm foundation. And he knows the word of God, which is the truth. And I pray that he'll be a mighty witness in this community all around him, that you will fulfill his dreams and the things that he desires in his life, for you're a God that does not disappoint. So disappointment is rebuked by the Lord tonight, hallelujah, pour in the oil and the wine tonight, we pray, hallelujah, Woo. take a deep breath. How you feel? Feel good? You should. You're anointed. You're an anointed man of God. We don't walk by feeling. We walk by faith. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. You just keep walking by faith. You know what? When you make the right choice, good feelings will come. Hallelujah. 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 God, you are good and your mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, Patricia, thanks for coming tonight. You just watch what God's going to do for you. Yeah. I see a reconnection of a couple relationships that were divided from your past and it hurts you. Yeah. I could say more, but I won't interrupt you. But it's good. Well, God is good. Jesus. I'm so glad y'all are out of this cloud of COVID. Is your brother better now? Good. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. I'll tell you what, you just keep letting God move. He's moving mountains. You know what? He moves the little ones first, though, because they're easy. You just keep using your faith, He'll move the big ones up. God. She's how old? Five? Six? Little girl wants to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Woo! They're so easy to believe, kids. Amen. That's awesome. Hallelujah. Tell her to do it under her breath. Well, y'all want to stand? stay sitting if you want to. I just want to thank the Lord for what He's doing, what He's done already and going to do that we have a bright future ahead of us. We thank God for God using Zach and the worship people with Him tonight to be a blessing to our youth. Last time I think there was 3,000 people there. I don't know there could be that many again tonight. And many people accept Jesus that are there and they can be captivated by the spirit of grace. Hallelujah.
Cindy, God is going to do a tremendous work. Your mom has something to say to somebody in your family. Even though she's got dementia, you get around her with a song of the Lord or a song that she used to sing, and she will just liven up. She'll lighten up. She's going to say something to somebody. It'll be a moment of lucidity. And it'll be amazing. So we bless her in Jesus' name before her home going that she can say what she needs to say out of her spirit to that person. Man, I see a man, a young man, I think, needs to say it too. Younger, not too young. Bless your wife, Christina, tonight. That you'll be encouraged. God's calling y'all out to minister of the cave. And you come over here, and God's going to use you. You're, you found your DNA. Amen. The Lord bless everybody, keep you. And uh, whoever, I don't know if you want to call Tara or Dave can mention it to Tara. Y'all can talk to Twyla and whoever else. Some of the ladies have to come and help Saturday. Somewhere around there. We want to make sure when they use our room that we host them well.